you're probably more familiar with Star Wars posters than you realize. The first teaser poster for the first Star Wars film boldly announced that something special was coming to your galaxy in the summer of 1977. Its message was decked out in light-toned block letters against a dark background. The advanced poster of 1976 also displayed the early Star Wars logo, where the W in Wars still had points and wasn't squared off, which happened only months later. It was followed by another theatrical poster introducing the legendary tagline that has introduced every Star Wars film since, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. The next, and maybe the most iconic poster, was illustrated by Tom Young and was based on a concept by the brothers Hildebrandt before they had photos from the film for reference. Against a swirling starscape filled with soaring X-Wings, the Death Star, and a grand and menacing Darth Vader helmet, Luke Skywalker boldly lifts his lightsaber over his head as a blaster-wielding Princess Leia perches next to him. The poster announced that Star Wars had landed on Earth and was like nothing anyone had ever seen on screen. The poster that ushered in the era of The Empire Strikes Back in 1979 was a darkened Vader helmet against a starfield backdrop. From there, the next poster to grace the walls of our local theaters was a likely homage to the Academy Award-winning film Gone with the Wind, with Han Solo in the place of Rhett Butler, dipping Princess Leia as they gazed into each other's eyes. And that romantic image was perfectly complemented by Luke Skywalker on a tauntaun in the foreground, amid another Vader helmet looming behind them. Return of the Jedi made its debut in print as Revenge of the Jedi. Its poster featured yet another iconic image of a larger-than-life Vader helmet against a speckled red backdrop as Luke and the Sith Lord lit up the lower right-hand corner with an intense lightsaber duel. And once the title shifted from revenge to return, who could forget the close-up image of two hands once again lifting a lightsaber, blanketing the darkness with a blue-tinged sweep of hope, as if the galaxy depended on it. The prequels had memorable images splashed across posters around the world as well. 1998's teaser for Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, showed a young Anakin Skywalker standing outside of one of the Tatooine huts, his shadow forming an ominous silhouette of Vader on the hut's wall. And the theatrical poster was done by Drew Struzan, known for his lifelike illustrations spotlighting the main cast against the bloodshot eyes and red and black tattooed face of the mysterious Darth Maul. And in the era of Star Wars under Disney, the announcement of the first sequel trilogy film in 2014 came with a simple logo poster. The words Star Wars were outlined in a bright yellow across another star-filled background. And sandwiched in between the words Star and Wars was the film's title, The Force Awakens, in white. You may remember exactly where you were when you saw your first Star Wars movie poster. A Star Wars poster may have adorned the wall of your childhood bedroom in the 1970s or 1980s, your college dorm room in the 90s and early 2000s, or your children's rooms over the past decade. 
and some of these posters may be as familiar and as memorable to you as your own childhood bedroom, where you could put every puzzle piece of that image together in your mind with your eyes closed. This is the kind of impact Star Wars has made on our lives. This is the next natural step from being so positively affected by the magic of the films. This is an introduction to the world of Star Wars poster collecting, with two of the most passionate collectors I have the fortune of knowing and calling friends. This is a Poster Collectors Roundtable with Danny Katzel and Tony Van Dam. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. I wish I could say this poster roundtable was my idea, but it came by way of my friend Danny Katzel. Danny has been collecting Star Wars posters for decades and used to share information about his latest pickups during our virtual chats throughout the pandemic. As the winter transitioned to the spring earlier this year, Danny reached out to me about doing a roundtable discussion that would serve as an introduction to poster collecting. It would provide an overview as to what people collect, the history of the posters Lucasfilm released, and a multitude of aspects around collecting, like the role of reproductions in the hobby. But most importantly, it would highlight why someone would seek out Star Wars posters and why they would put time into learning about them and collecting them. As I mentioned in a previous episode, I went through a challenging season this year. My spring and summer were some of the most intense and toughest moments I've faced, and I had to keep postponing our poster roundtable as I dealt with emergencies within my family. But Danny is an amazing friend, and a truly patient one as well. And we both agreed we'd record the roundtable at the right time. In the end, the delay worked out to be a blessing. When Danny suggested bringing in Tony Van Dam for the discussion— I was thrilled. I had gotten to know Tony through a panel he did at this year's Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, where he was a speaker on the Collecting Tracks poster panel. Tony's panel helped me to get a fuller idea of the world of Star Wars poster collecting. And the fact that Danny and Tony were two great guys whose combined knowledge was matched only by their kindness made the idea of a roundtable so inviting and so exciting. So I'll be right back. I'm going to go get Tony and Danny, and I'm happy you're able to join us to learn about Star Wars posters. You can sit next to me, and we'll learn about this area of the hobby together. And with Danny and Tony, 
I know we're in good hands. So with that, let's begin the Star Wars Poster Collector Roundtable. Danny and Tony, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I know, you know, the idea was fantastic to have this poster roundtable uh, for collectors, and and I know a lot of us are very curious about it, and, and so we're ha- so happy to have you both here uh, today to to share a little bit about your love. Uh, Danny, you you had suggested doing a poster discussion uh, a number of months ago, and I really appreciated that, and I'm, I thank you for your patience. Um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and and why you collect Star Wars posters? Sure. Uh, so I've been collecting vintage Star Wars for over probably 30 years now. And uh, for a long time, I was just collecting the, the toys. And I didn't get into posters until maybe 15 or 16 years ago. Uh, and I liked the artwork for a very long time, but I was never got into it because I knew that there were fake posters and I heard some things like of a hairy belt or, or whatnot, but I didn't know enough to tell something was real versus something was fake. And so that kept me away for a long time until about 15 years ago. Uh, I was at an estate sale with my wife. Uh, we had just recently gotten married and we're going around neighborhoods trying to buy things for our new home. And, uh, there was this Star Wars poster there and I walked right by it. I didn't even notice it. My wife kind of like grabbed it and flagged me over and it was a uh, original Star Wars style, a Star Wars poster. And it was in a mat and I couldn't see the whole thing, but it was for a really uh, nice price. And I thought, what the heck, let's, let's try it. And then uh, when we got home, I took it out of the frame and the mat and I tried to study it and learn more about it. And that's how I got into collecting Star Wars posters. Does any part of you regret getting that poster and, and diving into this, this whirlwind of, of a collecting realm, or are you thrilled to be a part of it? Uh, my wife certainly regrets flying me <laughs> over. Uh, I, I love it. Um, I, at the time, you know, I had been collecting for a long time, but I wasn't part of, I guess, what we would call the collecting community. I was going to local shows and eBay and buying things and kind of a black hole collector. And as part of this process of trying to learn if what I had was real or not, uh, got me into the collecting community and started asking questions and learning more about posters and collecting in general. So that has made a really big impact in my life, I guess, now, especially with the pandemic and everything you're locked in, locked down and this is a nice outlet to to reach out to people and talk and meet up. And um, I'm very social now, even with, with this lockdown. And it's been great because I've gotten to know you over the past few years through these, these virtual chats and these hangouts that we've done. Uh, and I've come to appreciate posters through your eyes, uh, which has just been wonderful so far. That's great. One of, one of my big things is I really want to help teach people how to, how to, how to collect things or learn more about them because 
you know, once upon a time, I was that new person. So I want to pass on what I learned. Well, I thank you for the suggestion. And I also, you know, you, you brought in a friend uh, through Tony. And uh, Tony, I had, I'd really first gotten to know you through the panel that you did at Celebration uh, this past May in Anaheim. And it was on posters. And I thought it was just, you know, as somebody who's learning about this, I thought it was just a, a perfect pitch um, as to what what the posters are, why they're so important, which ones are, are special, and just, you know, little details and, and just about the world of collecting. Um, so if you could just kind of tell us about yourself and how you began collecting as well. Well, thank you, Dave. You know, it's been a real honor for me to be part of that um, poster panel. Um, and that was sort of a long time culmination of some of the things I've done um, over the years uh, as being part of the uh, Star Wars poster collecting group on Facebook. And uh, when I started off, it was like I was like 17 years old. I was back in 1982. And I worked at this store in the San Fernando Valley called Fantasy Castle. Uh, they happened to sell movie posters. And you really could not get movie posters any other way. At least I didn't know any other way to get movie posters other than to see if you could jimmy a window at one of the uh, local movie theaters and see if you could sneak one <laughs> sure. out that way. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to get caught doing that, right? So um, this store sold movie posters, um, and I bought, I think, about maybe 10 or 11 Star Wars movie posters. One of the three sheets was actually given to me as a gift. The three sheet is one of the larger Star Wars posters. And, you know, I had these posters for maybe 30 uh, years, uh, about 11 of them. And I decided to look at them again and say, wow, I've got some collection of posters here. And it was right near the time that The Force Awakens was opening up again. And I found a group uh, on Facebook. Uh, that was the group that, that I now am an administrator of uh, that was about Star Wars poster collectors collection, collecting. And um, I found out just more and more information. I got books on Star Wars poster collecting and I just fell in love with it. And so, you know, that from that small, meager uh, group of 11, I have now have about 200 uh, different Star Wars posters and other things. And uh, both Danny and I have also gotten into the autograph thing, but that's a different story. That's incredible. And it's so nice to, you know, to hear about a journey that happens over years and decades like this. Um, so if, if we're get diving into the poster world now, um, what is the first poster that promoted Star Wars? Because I, I take it that uh, the promotions happened before the film came out. Right. That's right. So it's actually kind of a trick question because there's actually three answers depending on exactly what you mean by promoting Star Wars. So uh, I guess we can say from a certain point of view, there's multiple answers. <laughs> okay. So the first poster that promoted Star Wars doesn't actually mention Star Wars or show Star Wars at all. Uh, it's from January 1976 as part of a 20th Century Fox campaign they put out called 26 for 76. And it's just a poster that says 26 for 76. And uh, as part of this campaign, it was showing the 26 movies that Fox was going to put out in 1976. And one of them was Star Wars because originally it was supposed to come out in winter of 76, then eventually it's pushed back. But there's a, a booklet that is pretty collectible that has a page for each movie. And one of the pages is Star Wars and it has a Macquarie art of a TIE fighter pilot shooting at a Y-wing. 
but there's a corresponding poster, and that poster is super duper rare. Uh, I've never actually seen one in person. Um, but that's the first Star Wars related promotional poster. And then there's actual posters that actually say Star Wars and have pictures of Star Wars. So the next one would be the uh, summer of 76 at the various comic conventions. There's the Star Wars poster number one, which is the art by Chaikin, uh, which was then used for the Marvel Comics number one cover. Uh, and that was first uh, sold to the public uh, at Worldcon in 76, and then a couple weeks later at San Diego Comic-Con. And that was the first time the general public, I guess, learned about Star Wars, saw Star Wars. You could meet some of the cast. They showed trailers and actually the props. You could see the actual costumes and, and lightsabers for the movie, and no one knew what they were. So that if you had a time machine to go back in time and, and see that, that would be something amazing. And, um, and if you were back in 1976 and you were at a comic convention, uh, I, I believe it was Comic-Con, right? Yeah, that was one of them, yeah. So what would the cost of a, a Howard Shaken poster be? Tony, do you remember? Was it a dollar fifty? Uh, I think it was a dollar seventy-five. Dollar seventy-five. Okay, and what would what would one sell for? Say now, it, it, what range would we be looking at? Uh, in mint condition, over five thousand dollars. Yeah, I would agree with that. About five thousand, and if it's signed by Chaikin, it might even be worth more. Also, uh, at Worldcon, uh, Mark Hamill was there, so. There are several posters signed by Mark Hamill from before Star Wars came out, uh, and those can go for more. And he has, I believe, his signature changed slightly over the years, too. So there's a way that you can tell if it is a 1976 signature as opposed to one that's, say, 2017 or 2019. Sure. So Yeah, so all, all, a lot of these actors, their autographs have changed over the years, uh, and autograph experts can look at it and get pretty definitive of what year or small range of years the signature is from. Yeah, it's pretty much that they go from more complex to less complex. Uh, maybe they're just say, trying to save their hands. Uh, so, you know, Harrison Ford's signature or Mark Hamill's signature is a lot more complete as opposed to today where it's, it's almost like a scribble. Oh, that makes sense. I never thought about it that way. Um, Tony, one of the coolest things that I saw dealing with the Chaikin poster was something that you presented at, at the panel at Celebration, um, where you talked about the shadow box. Oh, yeah. That, that was introduced to me uh, from another collector um, who, who knows about that shadow box, where um, this uh, famous artist who's, who does shadow boxes uh, took about 12 of those Chaikin posters. Uh, and I confirmed that with him. I spoke to him. Uh, and created this shadow box. So there's 12, uh, making this a three-dimensional um, collage of, of uh, Chaikin posters. And I don't know who has it, but there is a picture of Chaikin uh, with that shadow box. And I just think it's the most amazing thing to think what the value of that could be, given the value of just one Chaikin poster. Oh, just seeing the layers was incredible. Um, Danny, why do, you, why do you think people would choose posters as a focus for the Star Wars world? So personally, I like the artwork and it is almost like having work of art on your wall. Uh, I 
again, coming from a black hole collecting, I guess I'm a little embarrassed to say that, you know, once upon a time, I wasn't as forthcoming about that I was a, a Star Wars toy collector. And I kind of hid that from, from my friends and, and I didn't have it on display. It was kind of this like secret thing of mine. And having posters might be seen as a more socially acceptable thing. Although now that I'm part of the collecting community, I fully embraced, embrace collecting and, and flaunt everything. But, but back then when I started, I, I didn't. And so that seemed as a more kind of adult, socially acceptable thing. But more so, collecting is about nostalgia. And it's one thing for, for us of our age to collect the toys. Tony is older, and he didn't, he didn't play with the toys, Tony, right? I was more of a G.I. Joe fan, sorry. Okay, so, so he didn't play with the toys. So he, that doesn't have that nostalgia. But he went to the movies, he saw the posters at the theater, and looking at them evokes that nostalgia of this great movie. And younger collectors who were too young to, to play with the vintage toys, uh, they had still seen the movie, or they got the movie on home video, and the video cassette boxes uh, use, reuse that, that same artwork. So there's still that nostalgia hit from that. So... I think it transcends a lot of the different generations of Star Wars fans. And you see in the poster collecting world, young and old fans all together clamber for the same posters. So I think that's, that's another reason that poster collecting has really taken off. And that's also true for like the prequel and sequel stuff. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but there's collectors that got in, on the 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 newer movies and then they they go older movies as well yeah i was uh you know thinking the posters um are just hard to get right because you weren't supposed to get them to begin with while the toys you know you could purchase those but the posters you're not supposed to have those so there's kind of that mystique too as well as what danny said the artwork is incredible for that time. I mean, it's all the imagination of these all various artists uh, where, you know, these days with posters, you see a lot of Photoshopping and a lot of this like heads on heads on heads. Uh, in those days, you got to see more uh, beautiful stylized artwork and, and different changes. I wish I could, you know, you wish you could picture that in your head. Uh, and as Danny said, they become iconic, you know, not only were they there then, but you see them around today and they still print them up on T-shirts and different countries use the same artwork. So it's, it's kind of all around the world. Uh, and there is that nostalgia for those, those pieces. One of the most amazing things that I've experienced as a collector uh, and just a fan of Star Wars is that when I see certain images or certain pieces it brings me back to being a child and just being in that world of Star Wars, you know, where Star Wars was, we were going through the original trilogy. It was, it was fresh and exciting and, and, and new. Um, and it, it did something to my brain and it still does something to this day, which I think is fantastic. Do either or both of you experience that with the posters? When you see these images, do they still strike you as strongly as they did back when you first saw them? Oh, well, I have about seven posters in my office. Um, most of them are, are movie posters. And 
you know, some of them I, I got when I was young and I had them when I was young, but some of them I got later and I've gotten to appreciate them now. Uh, I would say like the Mylar Darth Vader record poster, it just has this foreboding image of Darth Vader. Uh, it's a shiny silver poster. It's also really delicate. So it's one that would not survive the test of time. I just marvel at looking at that poster. It's just so cool. Um, what else do I have up? I, well, I currently have a, a very recent Obi-Wan uh, poster. I like it because it's got Ewan McGregor, and I love Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. And um, I went to um, the uh, California um, uh, Star Wars convention and uh, got him to sign that poster. What's unique about that poster, instead of the March 27th date when it came out, this one has the March 25th date. Uh, so it's that poster is unique in itself because those aren't really supposed to exist anymore. There's only probably a few. Well, I'd say there's more than a few out there, but they changed the poster to the 27th date, and that's the one that they mass produce. So I'm always, even these days, finding these unique posters um, uh, that are out there, and that's that's kind of uh, cool as well. Yeah, for me, I growing up, I had a commercial poster taped to my wall at, growing up. And that was the uh, Chantrell style C image. Uh, actually, it was produced by Portal. And I get messages from people every day asking if they, they found that poster and is it a real one? And I have to explain how to tell the difference between a commercial and a theatrical poster. But I have the theatrical versions now and I can look at them and remember back to being a kid and staring at that commercial version and just reminiscing about how awesome that movie was and, and seeing all the characters on, on the poster and, and what I felt watching that movie. And even that Mylar Darth Vader head soundtrack poster that, that Tony was mentioning, that's on the back of the original soundtrack album, both the vinyl and then later the cassette and CD. So as a kid, I had that album and I would look at that Vader picture on the back so that also has that hit of nostalgia. I love that. And I think it, I think it's harder today for a younger generation to understand how limited what we had or, or what was available as far as these images. And we would covet things like VHS tape covers and um, and album covers and cassette covers. And we would study them and the, and the insides um, as much as we could. I mean, I learned about Star Wars really through the, you know, looking at the card backs. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing to hear what jumps out at each of you and what means something special. Uh, when we when we dive into these posters, what are the types of posters that Lucasfilm licensed over the years? So there's, I guess, three, three to four different categories of posters. There's a theatrical poster, which was a poster that was meant to be displayed in a movie theater and it was not meant for public to buy and, and take home. And then there's a commercial version, which is often that same image, but maybe a smaller form factor, uh, a couple other minor differences. And that was meant uh, sold in stores meant for someone, a kid to go buy and then tape to their wall. And then there were, I guess we'll call them promotional posters. These are things that had ties, tie-ins with, with other products like uh, the Burger Chef, uh, Burger King glasses, or um, 
different, like the Pine Sol, Frisbee promotion, things like that, where there's advertisements with Star Wars characters in them. And that wasn't really meant to be taken home, but it was to be seen by the consumer. And then there's this other category of uh, reproduction fake posters where someone's trying to mimic one of those other ones and, and pawn it off as a, as a real thing uh, to try to swindle someone. Okay. I mean, I think that makes sense. And you could see where each one would be used. Uh, Tony, do you have a favorite poster from the original trilogy era? Uh, yeah, it's the Star Wars uh, style D, which has kind of an Errol Flynn look of uh, Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker uh, swinging with her laser pistol. And uh, I especially like it because I got to um, meet both of the artists that created that poster. One of them has passed away. That was Charlie White III. Um, and he now it's more nostalgic to me now because he invited me into his home to talk about his work um, as well as signing that poster for me. So, you know, that was just an incredible gift. Um, and the other one is uh, – or the other artist was Drew Struzan. Uh, and that story is I drove up five um, hours to get him in at the Silicon Valley uh, Comic Con up there and uh, and then drove five hours back. So I did a, a turnaround. Um, and then like not too long after that, about a month after that, he was down in my uh, locale in Burbank and I could have gotten him there. So, uh, But it was just so cool to talk to them about what they did in those posters and what you know, the different stories that they had in relation. So to meet the artist that did the post is just uh, magical uh, for me. So now that's not a youth nostalgic piece. It's now a modern nostalgic piece for me when I look at that poster. And when was this? When did this happen? Uh, I'd say this is around 2017. Okay. I know a 10-hour trek trek is a uh, a pretty tough one, but I'm sure that you wouldn't trade it for anything now. It was worth every mile and every (laughs) ounce of gasoline. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's great to hear. Danny, what's your favorite poster from the original trilogy era? That is a tough one. Uh, for theatrical, <laughs> I'm looking around. I think the original Style A Tom Young poster with the iconic Luke holding up the lightsaber, Princess Leia at his feet, Darth Vader shout, towering above them. That is just the most iconic look, I think, for Star Wars and just sums up just the feeling of what George Lucas wanted to make for that movie. And my, my other one top contender is not a theatrical poster. It's one of those promotional posters we talked about. It's the star Wars Atari video game poster. And this was displayed in arcades before the 1983 star Wars arcade game came out to advertise that this game was coming. And that's my favorite video game of all time. That's probably the first video game I remember playing in the arcade. And that's just my favorite game. And I made sure that uh, I snagged one of those posters when it when it came up for sale because they're pretty hard to find. Maybe only one or two a year come up for sale. But that it has all the vector graphics on it. And it just it's just my favorite one. So those are my two. Um, David, if I can just jump in again. Why sure. DC sheet means so much to me. And now I recall it. It is the first Star Wars movie poster that I saw um, at the movies. I didn't see the A sheet yet or, or the C, and I doubt you could have seen the C. That was the one I remember as a kid. Um, so I was fortunate enough to be of that age where I could actually see it 
displayed at a movie theater. And, and maybe that just stuck with me. And that's why I've carried a, a love of that poster ever since. That's interesting, Tony, because the, the Dish didn't come out until the 78 re-release. Exactly. But that's the one I remember seeing first. I don't know why. Tony, I'm glad you said that that it's special because you remember seeing it in the in the theater. And Danny, I'd wanted to ask you, did you so you said the the video game was your favorite. Do you remember seeing the poster in arcades? Uh no. I'm also a little bit younger, but by the time I was playing in the arcade, those po- those posters advertising the game was coming were long gone. Okay, so the the poster means something to you because of the game, not because you saw it in you know in the arcade, right? Because I played the game and loved the game so much. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I feel like we're getting to know both of you and to know how you see things as collectors. Would you guys now be able to take us into the the world of the original trilogy and and the posters that were produced during that time? Uh, just kind of an idea of which ones were were special. What were some of the notable ones? Um, you know, for the, for the three different films. Sure. Uh, I guess we should start by saying during the time of the original trilogy, it wasn't just like when you, when you hear movie poster, you probably think of very specific dimensions of what a movie poster should look like. But in 1977, there were lots of different sizes for movie posters. And just off the top of my head, I can think of, 10 different sizes. So you could order, if you were a movie theater, you could order posters in almost 10 different sizes. And uh, some are smaller, some are bigger. And the one that we think of as a movie poster is called the one sheet. That's 27 inches by 41 inches during the original trilogy. And then sometime in the late 80s, they changed it to be one inch shorter, 27 by 40. So uh, the original trilogy poster one sheets are 27 by 41, and then the special edition onward were 27 by 40. And but there's all these other sizes. I, I mentioned my first Star Wars poster. Uh, that actually wasn't a one sheet. It was a 30 by 40 window box poster, and it's the same image as the 27 by 41, but it's a little bit wider, and they have some of the fine print and text on the sides instead of on the bottom. And they also have other sizes that are mentioned uh, in relation to the one sheet or the 30 by 40. So you can go larger instead of a 30 by 40, you can go 40 by 60. And instead of a one sheet, you can have a half sheet or a three sheet or a six sheet or a seven sheet or a 24 sheet, which is a billboard size. And, uh, the other sizes were not as popular and they were phased out. So they didn't make as many of them, but they aren't as valuable. You would think, well, with a six sheet or seven sheet is a hundred times more rare than a one sheet. So it should be a hundred times as much value. And that's not true because it's so large that no one really has, you know, you have to, it, it's very hard to have the space to display something like that. So, uh, I think that keeps some of the demand down. And if if I had, say, a seven sheet, or as you said, a twenty four sheet, does that mean that it's twenty four separate sheets, or would that be? Is it is it still one poster? So that's a good question. So the three sheet, I think, uh, was one whole piece, 
but the larger ones come in, in multiple pieces that you have to put together. So I, I and, have the Star Wars three sheet, and yes, it's one piece. So, so I remember uh, a couple of years ago, Rancho Obi Wan, Steve Sansweet found a twenty four sheet they just had on them in like their warehouse. They forgot about, and they have they posted a video of them putting together the twenty four sheet in all its sections, and uh, we, we could find that link and and, and post it, but. That, that kind of shows you the work that you had to do to put these things together. And um, it, it's a pain in the butt to get them. And you can just think of how much wear that has. We have all these different pieces. They have to you know, overlap each other. And then how do you store all the different pieces? So it's, it's hard to find ones that are complete and in mint condition. And would they take these sheets and glue them to a billboard? Is that how they would do the, it? The, or? 20, the 24 sheet, yes. Okay. And for the smaller ones, how would they connect them? Um, I guess the same way, Tony, do you know how they put the, he and I aren't the six and seven sheet collectors. Yeah. They're, they're so big that they're hard to really display. And I only have one billboard size sheet from India. Um, and that's in, uh, two pieces. Um, and I, I, I don't have room to display it. So that's the challenge of having, um, a poster of that size. I know some people linen back the six and seven sheets, and then uh, it's also a pain in the butt to, to frame them. Just think of how much, how big your frame has to be. Uh, so if you linen back it, then it's attached to this thicker linen paper. Uh, you can actually hang it by the linen like a tapestry. So that's one way people people display them. Whenever I've heard you guys talk about collecting posters and getting into the larger ones. Um, I always think about, you know, coming from the angle of of a Star Wars toy collector, where a lot of um, my fellow collectors and I will will get items and we'll focus on loose figures and carded figures. But when you get to the boxed vehicles and play sets, uh, they're sometimes, you know, they're they're pretty big as is that it's hard to display them. I can't imagine <laughs> trying to display a, a billboard size poster or even something that is, you know, upwards of seven or, or more sheets. Yeah, I know my friend Kevin has done that, um, and it looks great in his room. But it's it, you know, if you have other posters, you, that's the only one you're going to have up on your wall. So that makes it a lot more difficult. However, there is bragging rights for having that beautiful poster displayed, which um, they're a lot rarer than the one sheets or the three sheets or the half sheets or inserts out that are out there. Yeah, I have uh, a rule in my house that I only collect one sheets or smaller. And uh, that way it's easy to display and store because uh, things that are not on the wall, you have to put somewhere in a flat file or a portfolio or something. And something that's a one sheet or smaller is much easier to stow that away somewhere compared to some of these larger, larger sheets. And you run out of wall space less quickly. Definitely. <laughs> I've been bad because I've collected bus bus shelters because I see them around in my community. Um, what is a bus shelter? Oh, a bus shelter is basically a poster that fits in a, into a display at the bus stop. Um, so it's a, a lot larger than a regular one sheet. I don't know the size off the top of my head. Those, those are the modern modern ones, right? Yeah, the modern bus shelter poster and. I've collected a few, and some of them can be pretty rare, um, so that's cool as well. Sometimes they'll display those at the movie theaters um, too. But like the Dolby posters um, and some of the IMAX posters, 
that are bus shelters are, are pretty rare to find and they're they're pretty cool to have as well. However, I don't have any display. <laughs> because your space is taken up by the other ones. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So now if we're going to dive into, say, Star Wars, right? Um, and someone is is navigating the world of Star Wars poster collecting for the first time. Um, can you describe some of the some of the Star Wars posters that they would be looking at possibly acquiring for their own collections? Sure. So if we're focusing just on the original Star Wars, original trilogy, 77, 78 time period, right? So for that, uh, there's the advanced posters. So I guess there's, there's advanced and teaser posters, which are posters that advertise that this movie is coming. And it'll have the name of the movie and maybe a release date, but that's it. There's uh, not really much else. Sometimes it doesn't have a picture, it's just words. And I'm not really sure that what constitutes a teaser versus an advance, but Star, the original Star Wars has uh, two advance posters. There, It says, coming to your galaxy this summer, and then just the Star Wars logo. Uh, and there's two versions. The first one is printed on Mylar. It's very fragile, very shiny. And the Star Wars logo has a, uh, the Susie Rice pointy W. And then there's another version, which has the normal Star Wars logo that we now know and love. And it's not printed on Mylar. It's printed in silver on black. And that's called the second advance. And then there's another teaser poster which uh, is blue and just has white text. It says a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars. And those were the first posters to come out. And I believe those are the only posters that were available when the movie was released in May 1977. The next posters are the uh, release posters and when you have multiple versions they call them different styles so there's a style a there actually isn't a style b that was released um and then there's maybe a style c and then tony mentioned the style d uh, but the style a probably wasn't released to th- in theaters until mid-june during the general release of star wars as it was getting added to more and more movie theaters across the country and that's the iconic tom young star wars poster and of that poster, there are four prints domestically with the PG logo and one additional print that is called International. It doesn't have the PG logo and was used in places like Canada, uh, which don't, don't have our same U.S. rating system. So that way they wouldn't have to cover up the, the PG rating with their own. And uh, the first print is more desirable by collectors because it's the first one. But there's the difference is very negligible. It's just some of the text at the very bottom uh, is a little different between the different prints, and there's a little bit of color variation between the different prints. So uh, when these things were printed with offset printers, I don't know if they were printed at different printing facilities across the country, but the colors, I guess, were mixed slightly differently. So there's different hues uh, of the posters. And then there's the style C poster by Chantrell, 
which is sometimes called the Dirty Dozen poster because it mimics the 1967 movie with everyone shooting and pointing their guns in different directions. Uh, and then there's, uh, of course, the Happy Birthday poster, which was very limited. It was only given to movie theaters that showed the Star Wars movie for a whole year uh, in, I guess, May 1978. And there's very few that were printed because only a few movie theaters showed it the entire time. And for for your listeners, that's probably the most desirable poster, of course, because it has the first 12 figures on it around a birthday cake. Right. And actually, if you count the them, it only has 11. It's missing the, the Jawa. Jawa. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if there's an official explanation for why it's missing the Jawa, but we know that the, when it was photographed and and printed that was probably during the transition between a vinyl cape and the cloth cape so maybe they didn't want to use the older less desirable vinyl cape jawa at the time uh and then there might also be um issues where uh just aesthetically having all the figures around the cake if you had the shorter jawa figure you'd have to balance it better to to make everyone fit. And then maybe that meant that R2 couldn't be front and center anymore. So maybe you wanted to keep R2 having prominence. I don't know. So there are lots of reasons, but, but that's always a very desirable cake for toy collectors. Cause a lot of crossover between the, the poster collectors and the toy collectors. And then finally, uh, Tony mentioned the style D poster already, uh, that was, was released in the 1978 re-release. So those are the, those are the star Wars posters from the original star Wars release. And can you just give me an idea of what some of the values are uh, for them? Uh, because I, I'm, again, I'm coming from a collector perspective uh, for the for the toys, but I'm not really familiar with where the posters are right now as far as uh, value. And also, you know, when you get into rarity too, like, do you know how many, approximately how many birthday posters exist? So I've heard different numbers for the birthday poster, but it's in the low hundreds. And there were very few of them were issued to the theaters. They probably had to print a lot more than that. Just when you do a print run of any poster, you just can't print a few. You probably have to print a couple hundred at a time. And I know several of those posters were given to the bakery that baked the cake for the photo. And my guess is that a lot of the rolled posters in the collecting community are from that bakery actually by the way every poster that danny is talking about both danny and i i believe you have all of these in your collection and i have every single one of these in my collection I, well. I don't have the d i don't like the style d actually tony oh that's true <laughs> i know that's true and i have the d uh, as a test print and i also have the record version of the d as a test print so that's how far i've gotten into the d <laughs> But, but um, the, in general, there's, there's different uh, ways that post- posters were issued. They were issued to theaters folded, usually. Um, and it's sometimes hard to find a rolled example. And the different posters uh, have different levels of difficulty finding a rolled version. Most collectors prefer the rolled version because they think it displays better. And... A few collectors actually want the folded one because it's implied that that was issued to a theater. It might have been actually used in a theater, and that is means more to them than than displayability. 
Uh, and uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about linen backing too much, but one thing that people do when they linen back is sometimes they get it touched up so that the fold lines get painted over so that even though it's folded, you can't really tell that it's folded from looking at it from a distance at least. Um, but the happy birthday poster is probably four to $5,000 in enrolled condition. The style A poster is probably the next most expensive uh, for a first print rolled. It's probably at least three, three, three thousand dollars or so. The Mylar advanced poster is also somewhere in the, the $4,000 range. And then the style C has been coming up in price. Uh, a rolled style C is going to be in the two, two to $3,000 range, I would guess. And why is that coming up in price? Um, I don't know. It's probably, uh, people realizing how difficult it is to, to find a nice one. Uh, I actually, I got into test prints because, uh, I had looked for a long time for a rolled style C and I couldn't find one. It was actually easier to find a pre-production style C with the color bars on it. And it was rolled. It was more money, but uh, it was easier to find. So it was easier to save up for one than to wait around until a production style C rolled poster came up. And then you and 10 of your friends would bid on it. And then you always get outbid. Sure. <laughs> okay. And then jumping into empire. Well, uh, the, the first one is uh, you could say the floating head of Darth Vader in space. And I, I love that poster because it tells you that Darth Vader is coming back for one and he's scarier than ever. So I always like uh, that poster. So that's the teaser. Um, then the A sheet is a kind of a sort of a gone with the wind style. Um, that's with Harrison Ford and Princess Leia. Um, there has been this other poster. They call it a test. Uh, it seems to be coming out of Japan that has other characters on it. And it's brighter colors. It's got Boba Fett on it. It's got Lando on it, um, which is a, a previous uh, poster to this one. Um, but they said it was too busy, so they uh, took that one down and they created this one, which is the A sheet. Um, and so the Empire poster uh, was actually withdrawn, uh, this one, because uh, uh, Billy D. Williams uh, was not on it and he was upset. So um, that was unfortunate. So they uh, did another uh, poster, which is um, the B sheet, I believe, of that. Uh, that's by Tom Young as well. Uh, with Darth Vader kind of looking down uh, menacingly um, and all the characters on it. Um, and there's a purple variant of that that a lot of people like. Uh, then I have uh, a couple of different posters from that, which uh, I have an Australian version uh, that's quite popular um, of the Empire, which I appreciate. And then there's um, a couple of Empire Strikes Back uh, re-release uh, posters that, is also, that are also by uh, Tom Young. Um, so I think that's about it for the major portion of the Empire Strikes Back uh, posters. I'll add that for that style B, there's the normal blue one and this purple variant. And for a long time, I assumed, and probably most other people assumed, that it was just some mess up of, of the printing plates when they were printing it, they just mixed the color wrong and looked more purple than blue. But a member of our Star Wars poster group, Michael Pomeroy, compared them recently and he actually like Photoshopped them on top of each other and lined them up and realized the star patterns were different. 
So that implies that they were separate printing plates. So you're always finding new stuff that's what, in the poster world. That's true. That's one of the great um, things about this collecting business is we're always finding out new things. Did that send uh, a number of poster collectors on a wild hunt for the two different versions then? I think they've always been on a hunt for the purple variant uh, because it's just a cooler looking poster and it, and it is considered ra- rarer. Um, this just has, just adds to its mystique, I think. Is there uh, a favorite that uh, each of you have from the Empire era? I, I like the purple one. The purple uh, variant is my, my favorite of them all. Of, of the U.S., um, I like the, um, the B, uh, uh, excuse me, the uh, Gone with the Wind style, um, because it's, it's just really great artwork. It's Roger Castell was the artist for that, who, who also did the Jaws uh, poster, the iconic Jaws poster. Uh, and I happened to send this poster to him, and he, he signed it at the bottom, so... Um, that's very special to me that he was nice enough, uh, in his, you know, he's, he's not a young man, uh, that he was willing to sign that uh, poster for me. So that's special to me. Uh, There's a difference in that poster aside from the, the differences that Tony mentioned with that other version, when the empire strikes back came out on home video, they used that gone with the wind image and they added Yoda to the, very poorly, I might add, to the cover. You couldn't show Yoda in the release because they didn't want to spoil what he looked like. So I don't think there's any U.S. Empire poster that's not a re-release that has Yoda on it. There are some uh, European ones that have Yoda, but I don't think there's any in the U.S. So there's little things like that 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 are different. It's fascinating. And it, I mean, the posters from, from Star Wars were, were iconic and were beautiful, but I would argue that uh, the Empire ones were just as beautiful and just as iconic. And it, it was so nice to see different artists' interpretations of what we would be seeing in the film. And you're right, uh, it's very hard to recall seeing Yoda at any point until long after the, uh, the film had premiered. Moving on to the next movie... The next poster, of course, is the Revenge of the Jedi. The the name before the name was changed to Return, they had already printed the posters, and uh, I think this is our first Drew Struzan poster, Tony. Uh, by him. Oh, I guess the Style D. He he helped a little bit, right? Yeah, he he did a, uh, the portraiture on the Style D, but this is the first one that he did all by himself. So Drew Struzan is a modern poster wizard and he did this revenge of the jedi poster and he did the special edition posters and uh some of the prequel posters and uh other movies like back to the future and any any a lot of the iconic posters of this time are, are drew struzan posters. harry potter indiana jones is that correct yep he's done those police academy he's he's done so many meatballs um cannonball run he's done so many different posters it's crazy so what's really interesting about the Revenge of the Jedi, there's two things. First is the lightsabers are switched. When Luke and Darth Vader are fighting, uh, Luke has the red lightsaber and Darth Vader has the blue one, which has always confused everyone. And there's a variant of the Revenge poster. The, uh, the more common one says at the bottom, because this is an advanced poster, it says coming 
May 25th, 1983 to your galaxy. And then there's another version that doesn't have that, that line. So it's dated and then without the date. And we're not 100% sure why they made two versions. The one without the date is much, much more rare. Uh, and I guess we think that it's probably because that was meant to be used internationally and because they might release the movie in different times uh, across the world, they didn't want to put the U.S. release date in a poster going to another country. So uh, when the name was changed, they ha- they printed, I, I think, cl- probably 9,000 of these Revenge of the Jedi posters, and they couldn't they, they had to stop sending them to theaters and recall them. And so they had all this overstock and they sold them through the fan club. So a lot of these Revenge of the Jedi theatrical posters actually ended up in the hands of kids ordering through the fan club. I, I remember uh, when those actually came into our store uh, when I was about 18. And um, I think we got about 20 of them. And already they were selling for $200 a pop. Um, because oh my gosh, yeah, fans were were loving them. So those went out the door real quick at that time. Um, Did either of you ever hear an explanation as to why the lightsaber colors were changed for that particular poster? Um, I understand from Drew that he just didn't hadn't seen the movie or hadn't got any clips. So this is what he thought it was going to be. Um, so he yeah he just didn't get have have the information he needed. That would make sense uh, for for the Luke Jedi figure. Uh, we first got a blue lightsaber, and then it was changed to green. Well, yeah, but that was that's a whole other story. But it was always intended to be blue. And actually, the other Return of the Jedi posters have a blue lightsaber. Uh, it was only changed to green very end of post production because it didn't look good across the blue sky on Tatooine. Right. So all all the original release posters have Luke with the blue lightsaber, even the return of the Jedi ones. Yeah. So of course now, uh, on that note, the next uh, return of the Jedi, there's a, uh, I guess it's a style a, but it's more like a teaser. It just has hands holding a light, the blue lightsaber and it's saying return of the Jedi. And there's a teeny tiny death star, uh, amongst the stars in that background. And I've, I've heard that, the hands holding it are actually George Lucas's hands. I, I've heard he had, that too. Um, I haven't ne- necessarily confirmed it, but I've heard that. Uh, the artist is Tim Reamer. And then, of course, uh, David, your the most important poster is next, the Return of the Jedi Style B, which is the first poster with the most important character on it, Wicked W. Warwick. <laughs> Uh, one of the most beloved Star Wars <laughs> figures and Star Wars characters. <laughs> but that has the whole cast and uh, Leia in the, the bikini outfit. And Luke has a blue lightsaber in that as well. I like how you led with Wicket over the bikini Leia. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, I mean, these are all I just just, the you know, as you are recapping these posters, um, it's it's so fascinating because I can see them in my mind and it's just amazing to go back and to think of all of these um, and the fact that people were seeing them. And I, I think for a lot of people, it was, you know, especially like the advanced release ones were the first images that we saw of that film. 
Right. And for months, that was all you could see. As a, as a you know normal consumer going to the movie theater, you see this on the wall every time you go to the movies and you want to know more. And I think a lot of people, especially children, would start to create what the movie might be or what these characters that were maybe unknown you know, would become, uh, which is always fascinating. I, I did that with an image uh, from Return of the Jedi of um, the Emperor's Royal Guards and I think the Emperor and Luke Jedi and, and maybe Darth Vader on the shirt, you know, and I just kind of lived that until I had actually really seen the movie and started to understand what the story was about. Yeah, I'm thinking about each advance. I mean, they kept it real simple and uh, they didn't want to lead on with much as to what the story was going to be about. Uh, you just knew for Empire that Darth Vader was going to be in it. Um, you just knew for Return that there was going to be lightsabers still. Um, and they've kept that, that continuing, even to the modern movies. They keep the first poster very much, hey, the movie's coming out. Uh, very simple with just Star Wars on it and the title of the movie. And and that's it. So um, you have to wait a little while to get the actual poster with all the cast or, or a more stylized version of the poster or more, a more artistic poster, but yeah. Do you want to talk about the special edition? Um, it's only really four posters, right? However, um, what is cool about the, the three major ones for Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi is that when you put them all together, they create a triptych, which is right. one poster made out of three uh, one-sheets. What's uh, the fourth I, one? <laughs> Well, the fourth one is the Star Wars trilogy. It says uh, it's the um, what do you call it? It's the icon I- icon poster. I think it's called. It's the gold uh, poster. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. that one where it has all three movies on it. Um, one of them also has a different date. I don't have that. The, one. the ingot, the ingot poster. Ingot. That's right. Thank you, Danny. It's the ingot poster. Um, so all three of these were. Uh, the ones that we put together are, are all created by uh, Drew Struzan, and he's actually very proud of that group of, group of posters. I think the funny thing is on the Star Wars one, I think they actually used Leah from uh, Empire Strikes Back on the Star Wars one, so that's kind of funny that they did that. Um, but other than that, those, those are really pretty posters, and uh, since they are also double-sided, um, that if you put them in a light box, they look really pretty, so... Um, oh wow! Yeah, uh, maybe we should talk about single versus double sided. Just before we do, um, and Drew Struzan's work too is is very lifelike. Um, his his style and his art is is beautiful, and it just so when he did these for the um, the special editions, I mean, he made the characters look the way that we see them in the films. Yeah, he really did. I mean, when you look at those uh, posters, you look you feel like you're looking at the characters and not every artist can pull that off and he pulls it off so well. That's why it was used so much and on all different kind of movies. So, Okay. And then that, so, so that is a look at the original trilogy. Uh, now, Tony and, and Danny, can you bring us into uh, the prequel trilogy? So the most iconic, at least to me, prequel poster is that first episode one teaser which is just young Anakin on Tatooine and with the shadow of Darth Vader on the wall. And that is actually the only prequel poster that I own. Uh, 
I, I just, that just speaks to me a lot. And I, I remember seeing that in the theater and uh, I guess that was, I saw the special editions in the theater, but that was the first new star Wars poster that I saw, you know, in a movie theater. Uh, and, Is there any text on it? Uh, I think it says episode one. Yeah, that's all it says. It says star Wars in episode one. And there are supposed bootlegs of this poster. So that's something you have to watch out for. But the 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 newer posters, they were, all the original posters are what we call single sided, where it's just the picture on one side and the blank the back is blank. Uh, once you start getting into the the special edition and then the prequel and sequel posters, they sometimes are single sided, but they also have what we call double sided, where the back is a reverse image of that front and. The idea is that you can put it into a light box and light it up and it will look better lit up from behind and having that back also printed the same image will keep it from fading as fast. So I don't recommend taking a rich, I see it sometimes and people try to put vintage posters in single sided posters into their light box. And I I just cringe because they're just, fading those posters faster than, than normal. That makes sense. And you know, if you have one that is, um, double-sided that way, I mean, it, it just, it, it must display beautifully. Yeah. The, uh, the images are a lot richer in terms of, um, displaying those. And that's why, um, I think for us really, um, collectors that really want the best, we can get, we always look for the double-sided over the single-sided uh, versions. So now that the prequel trilogy has reached its 20-year anniversary with The Phantom Menace, do you notice that there's a new generation of poster collectors that are hunting for these specific ones, like the um, the, the, the Anakin Vader teaser? Yes. There's the, these Those people that were kids when these came out are now adults with some money to spend and they're going after their own nostalgia and, and buying these. And also we haven't talked about it much yet, but there's a whole sub genre of poster collecting, which is autographed poster collecting. And the, the actors who are in these prequel movies are going around doing the convention circuits now. And it's very easy to take these prequel posters and, take them around to conventions and get a lot, a lot of the cast to go sign them. So a lot of these teasers, the episode one teaser, the, the episode two and three teasers also have a lot of empty space where you can fit a lot of signatures on them. So that, that's a very popular thing for especially younger, younger collectors to go after. And even the, some of the original trilogy ones, like the, the teaser B, it just says a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, even though that is made for the original Star Wars, there's nothing episode four specific about it. So you can use it for every Star Wars movie because it's just anything of Star Wars you can put on there. Yeah, I think the um, episode two um, advanced poster with um, Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman on it is especially popular because... Uh, they've been doing the circuits, especially now, Natalie Portman, everyone thought was so hard to get. Um, you're seeing a lot of those posters uh, signed now um, just with both of their names on it. And I, that's that's pretty amazing. And then um, the revenge, uh, 
yeah, Revenge of the Sith um, by Drew Struzan again uh, has uh, Hayden, uh, Ewan, and Natalie um, on it too, and a lot of people are trying to get that one done because that's a pretty spectacular poster where they've got the two characters in the center with a bright lit lightsaber battle uh, going on and a big Darth Vader look behind him. So, um, and you can pretty much get um, everyone who uh, played uh, those characters on the poster. That includes um, also um, Samuel L. Jackson um, and the guy who played Emperor Palpatine. I forget his name. off the top. Ian McDermott. Ian McDermott. Thank you. Yeah. And so, if I were if I were looking to get one of these posters to to get them signed, um, what's the what's the market like for them? What's the range as far as pricing goes? The, the prequel posters are pretty cheap. Uh, you could probably get them for I don't know, definitely under a hundred dollars, maybe under fifty dollars each. Yeah, they're still relatively cheap. And you guys are right. I mean, those images are so unique and are so iconic. And I think this new generation that um, grew up on the prequels, where the prequels are their original trilogy, uh, I, I think I think for them, those posters are only going to go up in value and they're only going to become more and more desirable just because of the connection that that people have to the actors, to the characters and to those films. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to continue, um, you know, even with the newer generation and, and these new uh, new movies as well as new uh, TV shows. I know, for example, The Clone Wars has is very popular. Um, and so uh, I'm sure some of those posters related to that are, are going to grow in value. Um, and even with, uh, you know, new shows like Andor or The Mandalorian, uh, also have a lot of popularity and there are posters out there um, for those shows. So uh, I know collectors are, are getting their hands on them and, and using them uh, to get autographs or just using them to uh, put up on their walls. Tony, have you noticed if any of the posters from the Clone Wars, the sequel trilogy, the, the Disney era, um, have if there's any particular one or ones that have risen in value recently? I think only if they're quite rare, um, they're probably going to rise in value. Um, since there's more mass production of a lot of the posters, it takes a lot more time uh, for them to, you know, it would take more years for them to increase in value. But, um, you know, certainly uh, if it's a rare poster, again, like bus shelters are rarer. Um, or if it's a specific company like Dolby has put out posters that are very difficult to find. Um, you know, it's only at the Dolby theaters. So, uh, with those posters, if you can get your hands on one and, uh, those have become popular, uh, and some people haven't even seen some of those images, uh, of those, uh, type of posters. Can you give us an idea of what a Dolby poster would look like? Like, is there one from Rogue One? Um, yes, I'm, I'm looking at one right now. It's an, actually the IMAX poster. It's a, it's a bus shelter. Um, it has a huge white moon of the Death Star, uh, and it's got a triangle shape going down, uh, which looks like a Star Destroyer and a bunch of uh, X-Wings coming down from that, and just all the characters uh, from Rogue One uh, in that uh, poster. Um, my, it, my favorite modern Dolby poster is the Episode Nine Dolby poster, which has uh, Finn's X-Wing by itself, versus the entire Sith fleet 
of Star Destroyers. And that's just, just such an impactful image. So uh, I think a lot of these posters were often given away at various conventions as like, or, or at different movie theaters as flyers, small flyers, like 19 inches or so. But they do also have one sheet sizes for some of these. And those are very, very hard to find. Are there any, and I should have asked this over values, but are there any posters from this modern era that have become more popular? Like, are you seeing a number of, say, Mandalorian posters um, kind of disappear more quickly or, or get snatched up more because people are taking them to conventions? Yes, I think majority of these kind of posters are being used for autographing. Uh, and then there's the... I guess we'll call it the alternative movie poster, which is this whole new genre that started about oh, more than 10 years ago, I guess, with things like Mondo, where you have new artists making, uh, getting the, the license to print small print runs of classic movies using new artwork. And some of these things are, are amazing. They're, they're um, competing with the old movie posters in terms of value now. Like um, there, there's the Ali Moss, yeah, the Ali uh, Moss Star Wars posters are the be- probably the best, most well-known Mondo print. Uh, so he is one for each of the original trilogy movies. And the, my favorite one is the empire strikes back, which is just uh, it's, it, you see the cloud city, but if you look, if you squint at it a little bit, you see that it's actually Boba Fett and, and the cloud city is his visor and that's the entire poster. And, and the Star the Star Wars one is C three PO, but it also has the twin sons of Tatooine. Those are his That's eyes, his eyes. And, and yeah. things like that. So Wait, there, there's a very minimalist aspect to Ali Moss's designs, and each one has a, a silhouette. So it's C three PO, Boba Fett, and then Darth Vader, and then it shows a sequence from the film. So it's Tatooine, um, Cloud City, and then Endor. And each, in, within the silhouette. Right. And each of those is worth three three thousand dollars or so. Yep. So so it rivals some of the most expensive original trilogy theatrical posters. And then you look at um, uh, Tyler Stout, um, his print runs from Mondo, um, they're very busy and they got all this kind of detail in them. Uh, and those also go for a very high um, value. The, the Tyler Stout ones also, there's variants. So there's like a gold version and a, in color versions. And uh, so there's lots of different variants that people can collect. And these are very, very low print runs. They're usually numbered. Some are signed. So they, they go for a lot of money. It's amazing to see how these modern takes on the vintage films uh, have become you know, almost as iconic as the original posters themselves. And I love that there's this new base that is collecting these um, and that these artists are allowed to, to play within the sandbox that, um, that many other people have been able to, to have access to as well. I mean, uh, if you look at uh, my uh, collecting track about Star Wars, I mentioned a number of uh, new artists that um, I'm falling in love with because their artwork is so great. Um, um, let's see, uh, Mark Ratz, um, his work is man. He's from Perth, Australia. He does great work and has done some anniversary posters. 
Um, I think the other one is Vanderstelt. Um, also just great images um, that he does. Matt uh, Ferguson with the 40th anniversary Empire Strikes Back poster. Yep. Matt Ferguson, great, great iconic poster as well. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up because I was actually just looking at that today and it evoked an immediate sense of nostalgia. And I know it's a new print, but it brought me right back to the 1980s in, in a, a magical way. And I, I just uh, I have a connection to that poster now. And there's even variants of these things, like there's a lenticular version where you look at it from different angles and it moves a little bit. Um, there's a couple of different, uh, like a silver version. And uh, it, there's so even the modern ones, there's lots more variants to collect and keeps the collectors happy. And uh, I guess we'll, we'll also promote our group, the Star Wars Poster Collectors uh, post Facebook group. Uh, a lot of these collectors are also members and sometimes they they chime in on various threads or they'll post saying, hey, I found, you know, I, I have a 15 of these posters and I'll post them for sale, you know, at you know noon on on my website and and first come, first serve. So it, it's really interesting to talk to these collect uh, these actual artists and, and learn more about their posters. And what is the name of the group? <laughs> the Star Wars Poster Collecting Club, right? Group. I don't know. Star Wars Group. 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 Right, so okay. it's on Facebook, so you can it's find on it on Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> or you can contact Danny and, and Tony directly. The Star and they'll, Wars they'll Poster you. Collectors Group. Um, so what are some of the best and most trusted places to purchase Star Wars posters if you're starting out or getting into collecting? Not eBay. <laughs> Not Okay. The the I'll 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 complain about eBay for a second, but you usually people go to eBay to try to find a deal, and sometimes you can find a deal, but most of the time it is someone selling a fake poster or a commercial poster and thinking that it's real and trying to sell it for the price of a real one or multiple times the price of a real one, and then even if you find that score where you get a real one for very cheap because the person doesn't know what it what that it's real they might not pack it well or might not have pack posters at all and i've seen so many horror stories from fellow collectors that say oh i found this amazing thing on ebay and then they post a couple of days later that it arrived and it got destroyed in shipping because it wasn't packed well so it it's not worth the effort i think uh, our group does allow sales, uh, so you can you can go there. We also Tony and I have spent a lot of time trying to document some of the fake posters and how to tell them apart from the real one. So you can go there and see our resources of 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 how to tell the fakes from reals. And uh, there's also the major auction houses, um, often for list for full price or more than full price. You can you can find them. Um, but at least they'll know how to pack the poster well, and you'll get exactly what you thought you bid on. And there's uh, really there's nothing like like connecting with other collectors um, where you can share information back and forth, and you can help them out, and they can help you out as well too. You learn together, and you also, in a way, collect together. Exactly. Yeah, I, exactly. I think that's the best method um, is connecting with people in the group, um, and they're always uh, willing to help each other out in terms of spotting fakes or finding out about new uh, fakes, um, but also 
um, you know, getting a genuine poster. And we, you know, we'll always kick off people that are trying to scam um, as soon as possible. Um, but sometimes I've used eBay, but typically I'll start asking questions. And then I'm hoping, and maybe it's because I'm in the Los Angeles area, is um, typically I've actually gone to meet the person and look at the poster um, so I can tell that it's genuine. I've done that um, a number of times. And that's been a, certainly a safe bet in terms of getting the poster to you. You don't, it's not mailed to you. It's actually something you can pick up from the actual owner of the poster. How prevalent are fakes within the poster community? Very. There's um, a lot out there. there. There's a lot. And, and a lot of these fakes have been around for almost as long as the original poster. So they even look and feel and smell vintage because they're that old. Uh, and there are lots of tells. Uh, each each poster has minor differences. Maybe it's cropped a little different or uh, there might be some scratch or hair on the, the plate when they printed it because maybe, I don't, I don't know if we know exactly how some of these were made. They may have been made after hours uh, on the actual equipment, but because they're doing it kind of on the sly, they're not doing as good QC uh, or now, especially with some of these digital posters, we're seeing a lot more digital prints and uh, you can, if you find a high enough resolution photo, you can take it to some shady Kinko place and maybe bribe someone to print it without uh, doing the, some kind of trademark check and uh, right now we can tell them because they're not as clear uh, if you have it in hand. But you can't tell from an online photo on eBay sometimes that these are, are not real. And, and there's so, also a lot of scammers that are trying to pass off the commercial posters as original movie posters. Often trying, not always knowing. Yeah, that, and that's true too. Or there's some out there that are trying to say, well, this was a special restrike or the union was out or something like that where they're trying to say, no, what all the other collectors are saying is untrue. This is an actual original poster when we know for a fact that those are bootleg posters um, and we know what they are and what to look for. And I want to say I'm really glad that the two of you are, are having this conversation with me and, and also for the work that you do, whether it's on the Facebook groups or just, you know, even in conversations or, you know, again, like the, the panel celebration, um, because I think it helps to not only get people excited about collecting and, and understanding the world of collecting posters. Um, but you're also freely sharing very important information that I know it, you know, it takes, it takes months and years and, and decades to really build on that knowledge. Um, and, and you guys, you know, you share it so, so freely and you have a genuine love of the, of, of collecting posters and of the poster world, uh, that it, it it's very contagious, you know, and it, it, it makes, uh, even, even, you know, for me where I'm not a poster collector, I, I have an, a, a deeper appreciation now for the pieces. Uh, and I really mean that. I would say this, uh, we learned from some of the great poster collectors before us, you know, who gave us a lot of knowledge, um, as well. And we just want to pass on that knowledge to future collectors, um, so that they get an original poster or if they're getting a commercial poster or whatever, that they know what it is and they're not being duped into getting something that it's not, not genuine or not what they paid for. In talking to both of you when we were prepping for this, you know, and, and just discussing what we were going to, 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 uh, to talk about, 
um, you had mentioned to me that that certain reproductions, um, you know, whereas I think for for action figure collectors, um, Star Wars collectors usually generally look at reproductions as bad for the community and, and for the hobby. Um, but you both have pointed out one aspect in which reproductions are actually viewed as as um, either a necessity or, or something worthwhile for the community. Yes, and I, that goes back to autographing. Uh, so for a poster collector like me, if you have someone autograph the poster, it devalues the poster as a poster collectible, and it is now an autograph collectible. And its value is the value of the autograph, mostly. So if you took a vintage Star Wars theatrical poster and had it signed, it is now, 99% of the time, it is now only worth what that autograph is worth. So the fake posters, I don't, I don't want to use the term bootleg on your show because from the toy community, that means unlicensed. And there's unlicensed posters, uh, but I don't want to conflate the two terms. But in poster collecting, a lot of times people call unlicensed posters bootlegs. Um, but just to keep things separate, I'll just call them unlicensed um, fake posters. So if you get a fake theatrical poster signed, then you can buy the, the, the fake poster relatively cheaply and then maybe a, a fraction of the cost of a real one, it looks pretty much the same. Uh, only people like Tony and I can probably tell the difference just by looking at it. And you can get it autographed and everyone is happy. Whereas if I see someone have a theatrical poster that's signed, then to me that's well, that's one fewer theatrical poster out there to collect because it's now been taken away from the poster collecting world is now an autograph collectible. And especially now with the vintage posters that are the more valuable ones, uh, there's fewer and fewer original cast still around to sign these things. If you're starting a new autograph project, you can't even complete the poster with the original full cast because they're not all around anymore. So especially if you're starting new, I would say definitely start with a, a fake poster. Yeah, I, I would say um, for the modern stuff, if you're going to do it to a poster, um, it's, I would always think start with the main cast. And I'll give you the example of my Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan poster. It only has Ewan McGregor on it, and he's the one that has only signed it. Um, I have a Raiders poster. It's a little off topic, but it's only signed by Harrison Ford. Uh, so... In that regard, I think you can get away with it if it's a common poster um, because it makes it all the more special that the actor, um, that uh, the main star of the poster um, has signed it. That makes it, I think, more meaningful. Um, with some of my earlier posters, since I know I couldn't get the original cast, um, but I did love the artist. So what I have done is I have not had the artist sign the poster directly. Um, some of my posters are linen backed. I've had the poster, uh, had the artist sign the poster on the linen and not on the poster itself. So it's signed by the artist, but not on the poster. So the poster remains untouched. Okay, well, I want to thank you guys for taking the time out to speak with me today. I've certainly learned a lot. Um, I love the way that you have 
sectioned off, you know, these different eras of, of the posters as well too, and, and of the films. Um, why do you think people still collect and appreciate the posters? You know, and we're, we're talking about decades after the first film was released. Nostalgia again. I just looking around at my posters, I just feel all the nostalgia of the movies and, and what great movies they are. My kids can look at the posters, appreciate the posters. They're huge Star Wars fans also, and they connect with the posters as well. So I, I have I have good feelings about the next generation and how they will uh, also enjoy the posters. I don't know, looking ahead, now that posters are becoming more digital, uh, maybe having a physical paper poster might might be a nice novelty. Yeah, I, it's amazing. Specific to Star Wars, the amount of posters that were created for that franchise. I mean, I think James Bond had a lot, but I think Star Wars way um, encompasses um, or overshadows the amount of artwork and, and different posters going from Mondo, commercial, um, even when you go, like, for example, John Williams, a lot of the posters at the Hollywood Bowl um, are Star Wars related and, and they produce posters for that too. So it's it's just amazing how many types of posters um, there are and each each type appeals to maybe a different kind of person and a different taste. So that's what keeps it going. And I, what's really surprised me again is that um, alternative movie poster market, um, how S- Star Wars has so flourished uh, in that market. That That's what just amazes me. And that's what keeps my love of it uh, going. It was really inspiring to see, you know, the, again, these different creations and the fact that there is this, this new blood in the hobby and this new interest as well on these old uh, films. And our talk so far has only been about the U.S.-based posters. Yes. There are, uh, by my count, over 40 other countries that had their own Star Wars posters. So just think of how much variation there is in the U.S. and then multiply it by 40. Having said that, do you, do you ever see your collection as being complete? Or is this a lifetime thing for you that you'll be chasing? Every time I say, this is the last poster I'm going to get, <laughs> I have no more room. And then I always find a way to squeeze more things in. So, I, I always see something uh, that comes out and I go, oh, I really like that. And I have to have it. Um, one recent purchase is um, I got the whole uh, initial trilogy set uh, for the Belgium uh, posters with the Dutch language. And, you know, since my parents are from Holland, um, that really appealed to me. So there's just things that come up and you just love it. Do you find yourself finding new posters or, or, or maybe kind of falling in love with new images or images that maybe you either overlooked or weren't as familiar with in the past? For me, I really... I'm I'm always focused on the original trilogy or especially the original Star Wars movie and I found that I was extra in love with the episode 8 teaser poster which has Rey holding up the lightsaber and Kylo on one side and and Luke on the other and that just resonates with me it's very similar to the return of the Jedi teaser of just a lightsaber up in the air and I actually, I have both of them side by side. 
um, in a portfolio because I don't have space anymore. But I just like having them side by side, the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, two very similar images next to each other. Yeah, I, I think some of the posters, it just awakens my childhood again. I'm always like, oh, wow, that's such a cool poster. I got to get that poster. Um, I, one example is uh, for The Force Awakens. They did their typical poster, which is a montage of all the different characters. But they had this one poster that came out that just had Kylo Ren in the front with his big red flashing lightsaber. And I thought that was cool, so cool that they put the villain at the front and center of the uh, poster. So um Examples like that are, are what make me really uh, happy to be still part of the posting collecting uh, enterprise. It's nice because it, it really is a hobby that is driven by art and this need to, in a way, to reinvent and to to create and, and just, you know, to kind of push the imagination of what you can do on paper and how you can connect with um, with Star Wars fans and with people who love these, the films, the series, uh, you know, everything, even down to the action figures. Is there a certain piece that you would like to add in the upcoming year? I always tell myself that I'm content with my collection and I don't need to add anything else. (laughs) And then someone lists something for sale or I see something at auction and I say, I have to have this. (laughs) So I'll repeat myself and say no, but probably yes. Okay. So there's nothing specific that you're hunting right now? No. Okay. Tony? Well, um, I wanted, I, I really love the character Mace Windu um, and a British, he's not on the American posters by himself. So um, the UK had a big poster of him, a bus shelter size with just him being his badass self coming straight at you. And so I love that poster. I got it for not a lot of money. And so there you, there you go. I found a good deal. It was a cool poster. Um, it's a, it's a New York, you know, you know, based on my age, it's a newer character. But, um, you know, I'm hoping because I do love Samuel L. Jackson, I can also get that one autographed uh, by him. That would be really nice. It'd be nice to see him return in some form too to the Star Wars universe. Here's crossing your fingers on that one. <laughs> All right. What's the, what's the best advice you've ever received from another poster collector? Only collect what you want. Don't get something just because other people want it or because it's valuable. Get something, if it's cheap or expensive, just get something that you will enjoy owning. It's a great life lesson, too. Um, I think the for me, it's not, and I think Danny alluded to this earlier, it's about putting signatures on vintage posters. Um, you're not going to put a stormtrooper who was in the second row on a vintage uh, poster, you really should think about what you're doing in terms of thinking, even thinking about autographing a poster. I can see why, you know, especially from this conversation too. I mean, that makes a lot more sense. Um, I guess, and finally, what would, what would you say to somebody who is looking to get into poster collecting? I would say join our group because we'll help you out. And that group's name again? The Star Wars Poster Collector Group. Absolutely. On Facebook. Facebook. Yep. Danny? I would say make sure you know what to do with the poster once you have it. Do you want to frame it? Do you want to put it in a flat file or a portfolio? 
I, I've had a lot of collectors come to me and say, oh, I won this huge poster at auction. What do I do with it now? So have a, have a game plan before you buy something. I think uh, those are two pieces of solid advice. Uh, Danny and Tony, thank you so much for taking time today to talk with me uh, and to, to really, you know, to teach me about the the, the world of collecting posters. Uh, I think, you know, we're, we might be planning on, on uh, doing a future episode where we dive a little deeper into this as well, too. Uh, but really, I, I love talking to you guys. And um, I thank you for sharing your knowledge so willingly and so freely, too. Thank you for having us. I really appreciate it. Thanks, David. I had a blast. Thank you for joining me for the poster roundtable discussion with Danny Katzel and Tony Van Dam. If you're a poster collector or are looking to begin your journey into the world of poster collecting, check out their Facebook group titled Star Wars Poster Collectors. The discussions on the page are really interesting, and the community of collectors and artists make this group a true asset. And even if you join to look at all the amazing images of posters spanning the past 46 years, I promise you, it will be a worthwhile experience. If you enjoy conversations like this, please subscribe and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform, like Apple Podcasts. It will help me to get the word out about the show, which has the potential to grow our community and to connect with more collectors. And you can also help me by sharing an episode you've enjoyed with a friend. After all, collecting is wonderful, but the people we meet through the hobby are the true gems. We're almost at the end of the year, and we're coming to the close of Season 4. I promise you, I have some great episodes planned for you, and I'm excited to share them with you. I'll save you a seat for our next conversation on Star Wars. Prototypes and Production.